May our thoughts, words, and actions be holy and acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Our scripture today focuses our attention on prayer. First, we hear from the Hebrew scriptures, we hear about Abraham sort of negotiating with God through a conversation. But then our gospel reading really hits us over the head with prayer. And everything we hear about in the gospel of Luke sounds really good. At least on the surface, I mean, Jesus says, ask and it will be given you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be open. What a wonderful thing to hear. How amazing would it be if that's actually what it was like? Because we all know prayer isn't exactly like that. I mean, if it was, we'd have to have five services on a Sunday, with every service full, there'd be no need for other religious traditions. You could just come and get whatever you ask for. Kind of sounds like God is sort of a magic lamp where we just say the right thing and it appears. But of course, this isn't what prayer is like. Yes, sometimes we ask for the seemingly impossible and we miraculously receive it. Sometimes we search and we actually find what we are searching for. Sometimes we knock at a forbidding door and it is open to us, but not all the time. It's not like that. How many times have we prayed for healing in the face of serious illness and physical healing didn't happen? How many times have we prayed for something that we long for, that we really desire, sort of burned into our heart and it never comes to be? How many times have we knocked on the door of a job or an opportunity or a relationship and the door has remained shut? I think this is where the dissonance arises. Our own experience of life seems to invalidate Jesus' words, seems to contradict them. Over the course of Christianity, of course, people have come up for many reasons for why Jesus' words don't match our experience. One of the answers is, is it's about a lack of faith. If we think to the Gospel of Matthew, there's a time where the disciples can't cast out a demon. And then Jesus comes and says, poof, the demon is gone when Jesus appears. And the disciples ask him, hey, Jesus, why weren't we able to do that? And so Jesus says to them, because of your little faith, for truly I tell you, if you had the faith the size of a mustard seed, you would say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. And so many people have superimposed this idea of lack of faith onto our prayer lives. I remember hearing this story from Matthew as a child, and I, I thought, okay, well, well, maybe I don't have faith to move mountains, but maybe I can move a pencil. 
and I would sit there, and I would get in my face, and I would try to move the pencil from here to there, and guess what? It never happened. Does that mean I didn't have faith? I think the idea that our prayers are not answered in the way that we want because of a lack of faith is a dangerous line of thinking. Because if God's grace, if holy gifts depended on the quality of ourselves, then they're no longer gifts. They're things that we earn. We sort of enter into a capitalist economy with God, with God where we perform and are rewarded according to our performance. It's no longer grace. It's no longer something divine. And this isn't what I hear in Jesus' words. He doesn't say if we're good enough or righteous enough or holy enough, then what we ask for will be given to us. He says, ask, and it will be given to us. The second common answer that I feel a little more comfortable with that people give is that we don't receive what we ask for, we don't find what we're searching for, the door doesn't open because it wasn't God's will. This is one of the ways of understanding why our prayers aren't answered. What we are asking for doesn't align with God's deepest desire for us. And this can make sense. Have you ever gone for something or really thought something was going to, you know, be the solution to all of life's problems, and then you didn't achieve whatever that was, and you didn't get that promotion or something like that, and you are crushed, but, but time goes on, and ten years later, you look back, and something even better happened. And you're grateful that that thing that you had wanted so much didn't so we can see that sometimes in our lives that God offers us a different direction, a better way. And so in those cases, sort of saying that that wasn't God's will for us makes sense. But I don't think this works all the time. I think at other times, it fails. In my last year, it brought in the students went away for spring break. And they had a good time, and when they came back, one of our students didn't come back, and um, I got a call from her parents, and she was diagnosed with an inoperable tumor, brain tumor that was terminal. And so I talked to the parents a lot, and we ended up having a service for all of the kids, and I said, what do you want us to pray for? And they said, we want to pray for a miraculous cure. I don't know if that's likely, but that's what we're praying for. And we know that Jane will be healed, whether it's here on earth or in heaven. And so we prayed for a miraculous cure for Jane, which of course didn't happen. And five months later, she passed away at the age of 17. And no matter what you say to me, you can't tell me that it was God's will for her to die. Sometimes our prayers aren't answered. Sometimes, no matter how much we want something to be, or we pour out our hearts before God, it doesn't come to fruition. And I think nothing that we can say can make sense of that discrepancy. Because this isn't what our gospel reading says. 
This is not seeking and finding. So how do we make sense of this? I think perhaps one of the ways to understand it is Jesus is actually teaching the disciples to pray. The disciples saw Jesus going off by himself and praying, and the disciples said, hey, we want to learn how to do that. Will you teach us? The Swiss biblical scholar Francois Bourgogne writes, as a matter of fact, prayer was not at that time a given. The Jewish scriptures contained scarcely any instructions on the subject. Prayer, speaking to God, was something sort of done at the temple. We read about priests going into the Holy of Holies and speaking to God. We hear stories about other people going to, to the temple, Hannah, the mother of Samuel, going and praying. But it wasn't sort of an everyday thing. It was of priests and saints and divines. And so Jesus was teaching them how to be in a new relationship with God. I think it's important from the outset to recognize how different this is from our own experience. Many of us grew up praying. Prayer is not something that's foreign to us. Maybe you said your childhood prayers every night by the bedside. But here, it's a brand new thing for them. And perhaps Jesus' teaching makes sense in the light of this new practice. He gives them the parable of the persistent neighbor to keep to teach them to keep coming back. I mean, inherent in there is the idea that the prayer isn't answered because you wouldn't need to keep coming back if the prayer was answered immediately. Maybe it's not so much that Jesus guarantees certain outcomes when he says, ask and it will be given to you. But maybe it's his way of it encouraging them to engage in this new practice. A way of saying, ask God. Bring what you are searching for. Knock on the divine door. Because it matters. Everything you do in this matters. And then we're left with the other question. What do we learn from this teaching? We who grew up praying with this teaching was meant for people who never prayed. We who are removed by 2,000 years, what does it have to say to us? Because I think it can teach us something about prayer. The first thing in the scripture that, that sort of grabs my attention is the simplicity and the spareness of the Lord's prayer. We, as Episcopalians, as a people of a book of common prayer, love our elaborate prayers, love to make them long and beautiful and evocative, and we don't find that here. I think of my father's favorite grace before meals. Sometimes praying before meals, especially on the holidays, can become sort of a competition. Who's going to pray the best? But my father's favorite grace is just, thank you, Father. Simple, elegant. This language of every day is what Jesus is trying to teach the disciples. And then we have, we hear a desire for God to be recognized as holy. We hear a desire for the kingdom, for the world where every tear will be wiped away, 
where we will live in equity and justice and love, and they're asking for our bread each day, for the basic needs, both spiritual and material, that we have. They're asking for forgiveness and the promise to forgive. And then they ask me for strength and courage in the time of trial. A simple prayer, saying what's on your heart in your own language. The second thing I hear is the encouragement to be persistent in our prayers. Persistence is important. This is why we have a parish prayer list where we pray for the same people again and again and again. Jesus tells us to keep asking, to keep searching, to keep knocking. Don't stop. The final thing that I hear in today's scripture, and to me the most important, is the revelation of God's desire. The revelation of what God wants for us the sacred heart. As he says that as, as a parent wants good things for their children, a parent who lives in this fallible and broken world, how much more does God exponentially want good things for each of us? The good news that I hear is that we should have confidence in God's desire for goodness and God's love for each of us. That when our asking doesn't seem to result in receiving, that when our seeking doesn't seem to result in finding, that when our knocking seems to go unanswered, God's desire for us and God's love for us hasn't changed one bit. These things happen not because of some personal fault. It's not because we somehow don't ask in the right way for the right thing. It's just part of living. We may never know why certain prayers go unanswered, but we can rest assured that the outcome is not a reflection of God's care and love for us because God's love for us, the holy desire for goodness is unconditional and never changing.